0: what's up everybody it's trey smith back with another episode of the college game time podcast we are quickly becoming the number one show for american athletic football fans football and basketball when we get to basketball season i hadn't been talking a lot of either lately because it's all been about the realignment season the realignment cycle as much as we want to start gearing up for football season the realignment just continues to pull us back in especially now um but today, we're going to get into a little bit of football. I got a special guest, uh, especially you Memphis fans, I think will appreciate. Some of you probably will know and recognize him. Um, but we're also going to talk a little realignment. Uh, quite frankly, what inspired this particular episode um, is is the fact that this whole realignment cycle, okay, all the expansion of the Big 12, all the smoke around the Pac-12, going back to really this whole past year. And then more recently, all the stuff with the ACC. We see SMU linked, um, but we saw San Diego State linked, but not Memphis. And I wanted to get an insider's perspective on this because from my vantage point, Memphis has one of the most valuable brands in the conference. Um, I know their football has been a little down uh, relative to what they were doing during the Mike Norvell years. Uh, Penny Hardaway hasn't exactly come in and hit it out of the park. I know he's still the the son of Memphis, and um, he's 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 killing it on the recruiting trail. I'm sure there's fans who would have liked to have seen some more progress in the actual tournament, maybe quicker. Uh, of course. Again, it looks like this season, they're, they're, they're reloaded, ready to make another, or ready to make try to make a special run, but regardless of all that, I just, it was surprising to me that we didn't really see Memphis mainly, mainly in the mix with the Big 12 or ACC, Pac 12, whatever, but nothing with the ACC, obviously they were trying to get Stanford Cal, I think they still are, they've got some pushback on that. SMU was linked in that mix, no Memphis. And then the Big 12 with all the stuff we were hearing from them, and I get it, Memphis is coming from a G5 conference, but still, like there was just no smoke around them at all. And so I wanted to get some perspective on that. Um, And then uh, I wanted to also start to get some you know, get some conversation as far as, as the upcoming season. Um, I, I, uh, the guy that I have getting ready to join me, I guess I could tell you now is Frank Bonner, Frank Bonner, the second, uh, he is a beat writer for the Memphis football team and, uh, just going to get his perspective on, on the realignment where Memphis, what's, what's the expectations around, uh, you know, their their the few like what is the fan base's expectation for the future of the program as it pertains to conference realignment and then what are the expectations from the fan base as it pertains to memphis football in this upcoming season because i actually met frank at aac media days and uh, we were sitting next to each other day two during the press conferences and i i liked one of the questions he had asked coach silverfield Uh, when he was up doing his presser was hey what do you think about being picked fourth in the media poll and Silverfield was like yo we haven't earned the right uh, to be selected to go higher than that and I kind of got the tone the the vibe that like from Silverfield's perspective it's like a it's a put up or shut up type year so I want to get Frank's perspective on that as well and so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna punch him in. I'm going to punch him in here. But go ahead right now before I do. Like, subscribe, comment at the end. Share it with a friend. Um, And as always, I so much appreciate your support and for you watching and and really joining in to the community and discussions that we've been able to build within just a short time with this particular podcast. And uh, let's see if we can't put the American Athletic Conference on the freaking map. So without further ado, let's bring in Frank. What's going on, man? Thanks for being with us today, sir. (laughs)
1: appreciate you having me on
0: well guys as i as i told everyone this is frank bonner he is a beat writer for memphis football with the daily memphian frank feel free to correct me if i if i said any of that wrong um but he's right there in the midst of it uh frank how's things going man it's august so it's it's we're off and running
1: yeah i mean you know everybody's smelling football in the air back back to going to practice and just kind of itching for the season to start at this point
0: yeah, and uh you know, it's 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 like everyone's itching for the season to start, but realignment season keeps pulling us back in. And so, I kind of wanted to 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 get your thoughts as someone that's right there kind of in the middle of everything with Memphis, who who I believe is one of, you know, all-around football basketball, is one of the more valuable conferences, you know, or one of the more valuable programs in the conference. What are the talk around town? What are the whispers that you hear? as the realignment stuff starts to take off and you know you hear things about possibly smu and i've even seen tulane but it, you know memphis is never really in the mix what 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 are you hearing and and how, how how is that talk going on your end
1: yeah and it's it's you know from a fan perspective obviously the fans are frustrated and upset that memphis keeps getting looked over and everything but even like before the smu stuff came out and the Pac-12 basically just got destroyed. Um, mm-hmm. Laird Veach would always say that, you know, conversations are happening in the background and we're positioning ourselves to to do what we need to do to, you know, be attainable to other conferences. And, like, you know, that, that, that sounds good. But then when you look up and you see that SMU is being uh, included in conversations, even Tulane is thrown out there and Memphis is not, it's like, what are these background conversations actually leading to? Mm. Because Memphis, when, when Texas and Oklahoma left mm. the Big 12, mm. people were saying Memphis's name. Well, in this recent chaos of the Pac-12, I haven't seen much of Memphis. so I don't know yeah. what has happened in these last few months where it looks like Memphis may or may not even be on somebody's radar at this point.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was going to ask. So from your vantage point, you don't even really know why that is, that they're continuously seem to be left out of that conversation this last go-around?
1: I asked – so one of the hunches that I had, and I had asked um, the A.D. Laird Reach about it, is um, I said, does NIL mm. um, potential play a role in – conferences belief in thinking you should be a part he said from his perspective this was this was some months ago he said uh he hadn't heard nil be a part of that conversation much because Mm. my original thought was maybe conferences view memphis as not having enough nil potential to kind of compete at a power five conference level in terms of recruiting um but if that's not the case i don't know if um the presidents and things who are making these decisions Right. Um, Obviously come from an older generation. I don't know if they still have an older outlook on the city. Mm. Uh, You know, some of the negative publicity that Memphis used to get, you know, years back. I don't know if that is part of keeping Memphis out and keeping the city of Memphis out. I I don't I don't have a hundred percent estimate or or guess on what it is, but I don't know if city perception is part of that.
0: And that could even translate over to the networks, right because the networks obviously play a significant role in the the dominoes that fall in realignment as well. Well, maybe kind of kind of continuing this conversation, something I've been a pretty strong proponent for right here on the college game time podcast is 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 with these four remaining schools um that the that are left for the pack uh something something we've been talking about a lot this week actually. Uh, maybe the American trying to swipe in and and snag two, if not all four to sort of bolster, not just the West coast presence, but the the presence of the conference overall. And you could kind of utilize your Texas schools and in Tulsa and then Wichita state for basketball to kind of pod with those West schools to help with that travel. And then use that as leverage to exercise your, your clause to renegotiate with ESPN. And then I, I, I feel like maybe even Aresco, if he plays the cards right, could make a case to, to to reach that autonomous five status for the conference. I know that's a lot of dominoes that would have to fall, but do you think if the American could kind of have that foresight and put, put those pieces together, do you think the Memphis fan base would still be as eager to jump to, I don't know, the Big 12 or the ACC? I'm not going to say the Pac-12 because it looks like they're <laughs> – they're, they're all there. but through, but, but mainly Big 12 or ACC. What, what, what are your thoughts there? Well,
1: here's the thing. First, like, obviously, you would want to jump to the Big 12. The ACC is still a question mark because you don't know sure. if they're going to get poached or whatever, right? And so it looks like the Big 12 train has left. The Big 12 went and grabbed um, schools from the Pac-12. They took your spot. Mm. essentially in my opinion, right? And so mm. um I don't I don't see the Big 12 continuing to expand to where they would grab Memphis at, at this at this juncture. And so your 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 question really is is do you stay in the AAC? Do you hope for an ACC invitation or do you try to be a part of some version of what's left of the Pac-12, right? Mm-hmm. I think at this point I mean, if, if the ACC invited Memphis tomorrow, Memphis should say yes, mm-hmm. right? But if Florida State and Clemson go to another conference, then you got to look at that conference and say, well, there's a domino effect that's getting ready to happen. I don't necessarily know if I want to hitch myself to that train. And so if you're a Resco, I don't know if this is feasible, but best-case scenario for the, for the American is, yeah – go grab those four-pack 12 teams, see if you can get Boise State and San Diego State, turn yourself into an 18 or what that would be like, a 20-team league and try to position yourself as um, that second-tier conference behind the Big Ten and the um, SEC. Now, obviously, the Big 12 12 would still be above you or whatever, but at least you would look like that, other conference that could compete from a competition standpoint and it would still be a watered down version of those other conferences but yeah it's best case scenario now i don't know if that's feasible because i don't know if stanford and Cal want to come over to the american the mountain west just put out a statement talking about how um solidified they were so i don't even know if that is attainable for resco but that would be best case scenario for the american in my opinion
0: well, at the rate it's going, there's no telling. News could break while we're sitting here <laughs> recording this this episode. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think realistically, we could see the dominoes fall. You know, it could go one way or the other. The ACC could bolster itself, stay tight, keep everyone together. Um, the AAC doesn't add anything, and they're kind of still in that mid-tier of where they're at. Or – If they can get those pack schools, which with a longer-term play of adding a Boise and a San Diego State, then the ACC does start to unfold because they get poached by the SEC and Big Ten. Because Big Ten have been linked to North Carolina and Virginia, SEC and Miami, actually. The SEC with Florida State and Clemson. All of a sudden, we're looking a couple years down the road, maybe not even that long, but the AAC is suddenly... I don't know, fourth in the pecking order. You've got the SEC Big Ten on the football side that will – no one's going to touch them, to your point. I mean, we're talking watered-down version, which is fine, because, you know, at, at some point, like, you, you know, you, you've got to do the best you can do with what's left. Right. Then the Big 12, I would say, would be third, and they would for sure be the top basketball brand uh, overall but then you have the AAC, and it's like, okay, there, there may be some media distributions that you could renegotiate that you could, you could position yourself maybe pretty nicely to put together a conference full of parity, a competitive conference. And anyways, um, I just didn't know if something like that would appease Memphis fans or if it's always still going to be, no, 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 we want to get to, you know, the Big 12 or, or whoever.
1: I think, I think Memphis fans would at this point Memphis fans are probably like, we have to take the crumbs that we can get. Right. So I think Memphis fans would view that as a better situation, but they would still applaud the AAC for pulling that off and still be upset with the university of Memphis for not being able to be in the big 12. Like there's, there's, you know, kudos to Michael Resco, but still Memphis, we expected better. Like, I think that's where they would, they would be at.
0: All right. Well, Frank, appreciate your time. Uh, got one last question i feel like it'd be dumb of me to let you go without talking a little bit of football so as someone who's in the in the mix every day been full swing for i guess a week or so now uh you were the one that asked silverfield coach silverfield at aac media days about um you know what his thoughts were on being picked fourth to finish fourth and he said, you know, Frank, we haven't earned the right to be picked higher than that. And I felt like his whole tone and demeanor from the podium that day was very much like this is a prove it year. He didn't say those words, but it was kind of like, you know, there's almost a little bit of a chip on the Memphis Tiger football team's shoulder. What are your thoughts on that? What's your assessment and kind of expectations about uh, heading into this year?
1: Yeah, for one, I mean, Silverfield has a very realistic view- expectation of of what people outside the program expect out of this year from memphis considering the fact that they went seven and six last year six and six uh the year before that and so he understands that but inside of that locker room i mean he said it on the first day that they're they're chasing a a, a conference championship right i mean they they feel that they have the talent and one of the things that is was most interesting to me was uh seth hennigan is heading into his third year, uh, and he said that he feels like this is the most talented team he's had since he's been in Memphis. And then on top of that, Joseph Skates said that he feels like this is the most talented team he's ever been on since he's been playing football uh, in his life. And so to hear those comments, they believe that they have the recipe to be one of those top-tier teams in the conference um they're high on, you know, transfer receiver, Demir Blankham. Um, Sutton Smith is a name that Memphis fans are probably going to hear a lot uh, this year. Mm. He was a true freshman last year. And so they inside that locker room, they feel like they have the talent to compete with anybody in the conference.
0: Mm. And then finally you personally, you know, whether you want to be subjective or objective, I'll let you decide. But as the, as the man that is covering this team on a daily basis, how do you how do you see this thing playing out for the, for the Tigers this year?
1: Man, I do feel like, for one, I do think it's going to be a better year than the last two years. Um, mm-hmm. Now, I do feel like they have talent on paper. Now, the only thing that catches me up is I thought that receiver room heading into last year looked good on paper, and they didn't really produce mm-hmm. at the level I thought they should have. So um, I think the schedule works out. In their favor, right? They play a tough Tulane team at home. Tulane hasn't beat Memphis in Memphis in a long time. They play SMU mm-hmm. at home, and so looking at the schedule, uh, the offensive line is expected to be better. And the, the two main things that have they struggle with the most since I've been covering this team is the run game. If they get the run game going, mm-hmm. I think Memphis will have a good year. Now, I'm not saying they're going to win the, the 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 league, but I think in those last three weeks of the season. I think they can He'll still be the mathematically be in contention in making the championship game. I think that's where Memphis wants to be, and we'll see how those last three weeks play out.
0: All right, man. Well, I mean, uh, Frank, appreciate you joining the College Game Time podcast. Uh, before we sign off, why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? I'll, I've got your social up on, on the screen for those that are, that are watching on YouTube, but we've got listeners on Spotify, Apple, and other streaming platforms. Where can everybody find you?
1: Yeah, um like he said for one Twitter uh Frank underscore Bonner, then the number two um you can check the things that I write at um um or you can just type Frank Bonner Daily Minfian and all my articles will come up. Uh anybody who reads it, I always uh appreciate the support. The Daily appreciate the support and and thank you Trey for having me on.
0: Oh man, absolutely. Maybe we can do it again once we actually get some football yeah, season for sure, up. and